All right, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome in to episode four of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news, topics, and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me is TF Joker. Joker, what's a crack? Cracks an idea as always, PT. Just uh, chilling. This this week has been a pretty long week, but uh, not an awful lot of wrestling to to fill that week for me. Um, whereas last week, I was, it felt like it was you know so much going on. Uh, this week, I was like, wait, it's 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 only Tuesday. Like, wait, why why isn't it Saturday yet? Come on, hurry up. Yeah, so there's, you know, obviously ebbs and flows. The previous week, we I think we counted about 15 or so hours of wrestling with the pay-per-view included. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yeah, I as well. Like today, especially like this past week, felt like a longer week. So I don't know. Maybe there's just the weather changing and uh, all kinds of stuff going on. But, yeah, I would say it's a, it's a bit of a weird one. It was definitely just that feeling of a longer week, especially with me changing my, my sleep schedule as well. I've been having those longer days, waking up a little bit earlier. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, going to blame everything else on this feeling uh, of a really stupidly long week. Don't even get me started on uh, sleep for sleep schedule. <laughs> <laughs> that can be a whole podcast on it on its own. Oh, uh, I don't think anybody needs to hear us complain about how little or how much we sleep from a, an R to R basis, but yeah. Not, a, uh, not even close, but uh, like I said, we appreciate everybody uh, checking us out on uh, YouTube as well. <clears throat> and then uh, checking us out on various platforms for the audio format as well. So thank you guys so much for coming along on the journey as well. As a reminder, again, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash Council and in audio form wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we look at Cody Rhodes wrestles injured at Hell in a Cell. And we also look at the state of the AEW women's division. But coming up first, Cody Rhodes wrestles injured at Hell in a Cell. So this was a very big story coming out of this week in wrestling for sure. Um, The setup for this essentially happened two weeks ago on Raw. Cody was cutting an in-ring promo and uh, was interrupted by Seth. They got a little bit of a scuffle. And subsequently, we had heard murmurings that he might have uh, injured, uh, he might have sustained an injury, which turned out to be uh, his uh, pectoral muscle, in the uh, in the fracas. And then cut to Friday, uh, Cody is preparing for the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And while working out, he tears the pectoral muscle off the bone and we heard news break sort of on Saturday and then really Sunday about whether or not he would end up being able to wrestle, uh, which would potentially put the main event for the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view in jeopardy. But it ends up he was uh, he was good to go and uh, ended up wrestling at the pay-per-view. Yeah, this was, uh, this was a story we were actually talking about on the run-up to the, uh, to the pay-per-view. You were messaging me on discord is like oh it's you know it appears that cody's injured and i, I was just messaging back on 
It's not like WWE not to mention something like that. Come on, like I don't believe it for the for the love nor money of this. What are you talking about? Lo and behold, yes. Um it was uh it was it was true. Uh, the funny the funny thing is like we hear about this this uh this slight injury um that that Cody sustained the week before, obviously with the, the combat around the ringside with uh, Seth Rollins and then, you know, maybe a, a small tear. And then he goes on and completely rips this this off the bone. And the immediate question was, well, oh, how can he be cleared to wrestle? How can he be cleared to wrestle? How, why is he doing this, that, and the other? So, well, you know, we, we get that answer, not but a couple of seconds in. Can't get any worse. Like, it's tore clear off the bone. And if you were watching at the time, or you've seen pictures since, like, you know, it was gruesome. He walked to the ring at that Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, premium live event, sorry, wearing his signature jacket. You know, you saw him, he was like, maybe a little bit, he maybe gave a, a little bit of a, a, a bigger gesture with his left arm. He normally does them both quite high. And like, okay, maybe he's playing it up. Maybe he's just playing it up. Takes off that jacket and the roar of the crowd just kind of goes quiet. And whenever I was watching it, I was just like, ooh, like the the breath was kind of sucked out of me. I'm a big Cody Mark. I love Cody. I think what he's done to reinvent himself, to make himself this bigger deal is, has been absolutely phenomenal. And I was just like, okay, I don't want a fourth match, but I'll take a fourth match if you just need to lose this real quick and go home. Like it was, it was clearly a uh, a game changer of an injury. Yeah, I I definitely agree. The the moment he uh, took off his jacket again, sort of. I I would also agree that I noticed sort of the the air taken out of the arena itself. Uh, but it was more like. Okay, we're realizing that again. His uh, the right part of his chest was was purple, and then obviously leading down to his right arm, uh, and then sort of a gasp, uh, if you will. You're like, ooh, sort of kind of gruesome scene, just to kind of see the aftermath of that. Uh, was just was just kind of so rough looking. And to your earlier point about what you know, was he gonna wrestle type of thing? I think we were hearing conjecture that. Uh, if it had just been torn, they may not have cleared him because it, he could have uh, made the injury worse. But the fact that it was, you know, tore clean off the bone, you know, uh, essentially it was sort of up to him because it could not have gotten worse. Yeah, there was, there was, he hit the point of no return. Like it was gone. It was legitimately as sore as it's going to get without someone poking it. You know, spoilers, it got poked an awful lot. Um, and then you've got the fact that you know he's going to have limited movement, probably not going to be able to feel like his arm is there, his his arm is working uh, in, in complete capacity. And yeah, like the only uh, things that I was reading about that I was hearing uh, and uh, reading about was the fact that he could maybe possibly injure himself by overcompensating on his left-hand side, on the other side of his chest, which is something that Cody was made aware of before the fight had taken place. Um, so as long as he's made aware of that, he's not going to try and overcompensate and maybe injure the other arm, you know, as well. That, that would have been sucky so much. Um, 
But he, he was able to put on an absolute amazing match. Uh, you know, there was a lot, a lot of back and forth. There was a freaking bull rope in there, like, okay. With uh, I, I was kind of sat there going, okay, um, this match can't go 20 minutes plus because Cody is clearly injured. Uh, it went 20 minutes plus. Like, it really did. It went in there. It went hard. Uh, there was nice uh, back and forth. Kudos to Seth Rollins for protecting Cody through the entire thing and making it look amazing. Um, and you had that. Uh, I, I feel like the vitriol, the, the part where I kind of went, okay, Cody, like we don't need this anymore. You can kind of back down, take the win or take the L. I, I, don't, I don't care what happens was whenever he had the bull rope, he put it on his arm and he latched it and he threw it at Seth, who was sitting in the corner. It's just like put it on. He's screaming at him. Just put it on, and uh, you know, I was just like, I don't need this. I really, I think I've seen enough. I, I, you know, big Cody Mark, big Cody fan, but I, I was just like, dude, <laughs> you have nothing left to prove. Please put the bull rope down <laughs> and just get out of there. 100% agreed. Again, they had one hell of a matchup with tables and then uh, a bull rope segment and uh sledgehammers and kind Slide of the like yeah. yeah and you know I, I i for a guy who was really hurt again they had a very compelling and uh just told a good story all things considered with uh with the obviously with the hell in the cell being uh there which i actually appreciated they didn't go like sort of full blast uh, with it type of thing like it was it was part of it to kind of keep it contained but it wasn't like sort of over overload or kind of a big proponent of the story uh, but yeah just told uh told a, again a really compelling story uh, i had heard conjecture that there was maybe like a, a huge like moonsault spot or a spot here or there that they might have taken out because of uh, of cody's uh, situation but at the end of the night uh, cody is victorious over seth rollins yeah, that that three peat basically for Cody, and that's that that's really really cool. Um, but there's no way he can capitalize on it. There's no way he moves on to the next stage of his uh, newfound WWE career. Um, the really unfortunate things that we had uh, throughout the match uh, were just this the. Basically, the seeing Cody uh, not being able to move his arm, um, and you know, mentions made about Seth, you know, hitting the arm with the kendo stick, uh, uh, poking the arm with the uh, uh, with the sledgehammer, etc. Um, and then the, just that big sledgehammer spot at the end, so good. Like I, I, I feel like the gravitas of the injury took away from that massive neon red cage um, that in a premium lime event that is named after the thing that they're trapped in, it became, and they were the only Hell in a Cell match on the card. Let's not forget what we had said last week. Like this is the only match on the card where they're in the cell. And um, yeah, like it, it almost didn't matter. Uh, which is no fault of WWE's. It did just get pushed to the background um, for very dang good reason. 
Yeah, again, you hit the nail right on the head that the fact that, again, it was the only Hell in a Cell match on a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, but the 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 nature of Cody's injury as well as the storytelling and, and everything that happened in it, didn't we didn't need sort of that gimmickry of the actual match because they, they held us, you know, in such regard and, and held our attention so much that it just... He didn't need to like, oh, I'm going to bounce you off the cage, just that, and, and sort of all these other generic pieces. So, again, kudos to both men for, for being able to tell that story. Definitely was an amazing match. So after, after, after Cody wins the match, obviously you hear a huge outpouring of support from the wrestling world, uh, from wrestlers as well as fans about appreciating Cody's effort and his uh, his strength and toughness for being able to uh, not only perform but uh, have a compelling matchup and then win the match as well. So we cut to the next night on Raw and Cody opens the show and has uh, a promo kind of addressing uh, the audience and the fans. Uh, Cody says these uh, all the comments he saw on social media about the effort uh, the previous night and people were praising it says he doesn't believe it in it because it is a privilege to do what he does. And he was te- him tearing his pectoral tendon off the bone is demoralizing, but he does not want to be sad or melancholy or downtrodden. Cody says that uh, there's a member of the Rhodes family that you have not met, which uh, he says is his daughter, Liberty. When she's old enough, he wants her to watch and to know that she could, uh, what could be the lowest point of his career, he was not cynical or jaded. He stood and fought. He has to. Uh, he fought against one of the best in the game, Seth Rollins, and the trilogy has been written, and he is done with Seth Rollins. With that in mind, he wanted to take uh, a moment to look above him and see the Money in the Bank briefcases. And he says that that contract has eluded him. Cody says if uh, somehow he's able to climb that ladder and grab the briefcase and cash it in to become the undisputed WWE Championship. So excellent start off to Raw as well as the promo to uh, for Cody. I feel like Cody just has such really, really good promos recently um, when it comes to him opening Raw uh, from his first promo back after WrestleMania with him talking about, you know, how he wants to uh, win the title because, you know, he wants to bring it home to his pop and stuff. and. Um, how he can't do that because obviously um, the dream has passed, and uh, it, that that's that's all re- you know. He's had so many really really good promos about why he wants to pursue this and his 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 reasons for being uh, in WWE currently. Um, and this was just no different. I felt like uh, it was a very impassioned promo yet again, uh, and not outside the realms of. God dang it, Cody! Just you know, why have you got to do this? Stop looking at the the briefcases. Go home. You know, go go get your surgery. Stop teasing people because if the last three four weeks of wrestling news, internet wrestling community will fall for everything, and they will just take conjecture to the wazoo and just uh, believe anything you tell them. Oh, have we uh, been either worked or shot or shots, shoots turned into works or works into a shoot and vice versa. So, yeah, it's definitely 
Definitely when uh, a worker says something, fans have been uh, eating it up. Ooh, just just fork over a knife. I don't know. Get another spoon in there. People can out. They're just eating it all up. You know, whether or not it's MJF, whether or not it's it's Cody. You know, it it doesn't matter the uh, doesn't matter the uh, the person or the place. People just eat up conjecture, um, especially on uh, especially when it comes to the internet wrestling community. Um, so funny. So we have Cody just mentioning the uh, undisputed championship in the Money in Bank. Out comes Seth Rollins. Rollins gets in the ring and dresses Cody. Says uh, Seth does not, still doesn't like Cody. But after what he ended up going through the previous night, he has earned Seth's respect. Uh, Seth says that uh, world is saying that that's one of the gutsiest performances in history, and that is the truth. Saying that Cody is the toughest person he's ever been in the ring with. And uh, he might be the last person to hear it from, but Dusty is very proud of his baby boy. And he came out here tonight, after uh, the night after WrestleMania, and Cody showed Seth respect and wanted to shake his hand, so he came out to return the favor. Yeah, this was, uh, this was a little bit of a classy move. A little bit of a classy move that I really enjoyed. Um, Seth just showing yet again that he can eat a pin he can take a loss he can do whatever it is in this company that the company requires of him and he can turn it to gold because that is legitimately what happened i enjoyed every single minute of it um and uh, then he comes out here and you know i still feel like seth freaking rollins is a really big deal yeah I, again since uh he showed up in 2012 with Shield, and obviously, then they subsequently break up in the breakaways. Held uh, the world championship since 2015. Numerous titles been put into big storylines. Yeah, you know, paired with uh, the Authority when that was around, and all these kind of different things. And he's done. He's done a really good job of sort of being one of their main guys. Um, you know, he, he's, he's always sort of there in the, uh, in the upper, you know, I don't know if there's a lower, uh, main event spot, but like upper, upper tier of guys that they sort of count on, you know, again, um, outside of him being sort of injured for maybe like nine or so months, uh, you know, a couple of years back, he's sort of been the constant for, uh, for the fed for sure. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's just one of the really good things that is um, able to happen right now is that uh, in a world where WWE doesn't have uh, those consistent people, like those consistent stars, you have now freed up, by hook or by crook, uh, you have now freed up one of your best stars uh, from a storyline that was kind of pointless and going nowhere. Like I really did not need three of these matches um, over three different pay-per-views. Uh, premium live events, sorry. Um, I didn't need three of them, but now, you know, Seth might be like, well, uh, I'm going to inject myself into a title scene at some point here now. So, um, And he will he will be all the better for it. He won't, will never be worse off. Uh, and he's just super consistent and really good. Definitely agreed. Seth puts his hand out. 
Cody shakes it, pulls him in close, and uh, mentions some words in his ear, I'm sure of encouragement. And they, uh, they end the segment. Uh, Cody walks up the ramp, and he gets Pearl Harbored from behind, with uh, Seth coming out of the entranceway with a sledgehammer. And then Seth tears the Cody's shirt off, and the officials come out and try to break up the, uh, the fracas. Seth stomps on the injured pectoral and presses the sledgehammer against the injury, writing Cody off of TV. We cut to commercial, and again we come back and see Cody is wanting to be the tough guy that he is, and he ends up standing up and, and shooing away the medical assistants and walks out of the arena under his own power. Yeah, I mean, yet again... Can't get any worse. It, he still hasn't had surgery on this thing, so <laughs> it's one of those things. It has it has happened. It is still really sore. I am sure. I'm sure he is. Uh, if he was not on painkillers, he is. He was handed a handful of those things uh, during the commercial break. Necked those, and then yeah, he he went on to be the tough guy. Um, this was this was a, a nice nice little swerve. Uh I did like the the fact that um uh we got uh, we got Seth being the one to uh offer the olive branch and then rescind said olive branch and beat Cody over the head with it. Uh to me, hopefully this is Seth writing him off and there is no need for them to come back to blows. I know you have been keeping me going, going that there will be a fourth match down the line. I hope for all of our sanities, that is not the case. Stop nodding your head, PT. <laughs> um, we don't need a fourth match. Cody doesn't need a fourth match. Seth doesn't need a fourth match. And just WWE, the next time these two meet, will 100% be over a title which one of them holds. That is the only time I will accept a fourth match. All I'm saying is this bookend to this chapter sets up perfectly for when Cody comes back from injury, who should he face but Seth Rollins, the guy who took no. him out. No, just leave it. Leave it out, man. Leave it out. Don't even, don't even think about that. Give me, give me Bobby Lashley or, or or Drew McIntyre or anybody. I don't, I don't care. Just don't give me another Seth freaking Rollins match. <laughs> as much as I was singing their praises about how this is how this is going on, um, uh, I I did enjoy the fact that uh, this was Cody saying, "I have, I am done with Seth Rollins." I feel like he put the emphasis on that. Um. And uh, yeah, he's he's now moving on to go and get surgery, uh, and uh, leaving us all wanting more, uh, being really annoyed that this has happened, but appreciative in the uh, in the attempt of um, entertaining. Yeah, for sure. So we see cut to Thursday of this past week. We get uh, Brandy takes to Twitter to let fans know that Cody's surgery was successful. And then we had overheard on this week's episode of SmackDown that uh, Cody Rhodes will, quote, will face a long recovery and will be unable to compete for nine months. 
So we have uh, potentially, if we look at nine months from now, it's the roughly the middle of June. So six months, that looks uh, maybe February, March or something like that. Well, an injury of this type takes up to, right. I believe Michael Cole's words were up to nine months. It can be as little as six. Um, uh, you can, so from the surgery, you'll recover from the surgery for about after about two weeks. Uh, so, you know, obviously the things will, will start to not be as trashy. Uh, a few months after that, you'll start to get uh, you'll start to get the feeling back. And a few months after that, you'll be healed um, enough. Now, the, the, the nine months is uh, probably going to uh, be for us mere mortals. Um, not sure how the healing factor of these absolute savage uh, individuals is going to hold up because, you know, Big Match John made a return months prior to his. Uh, I think he tore a bicep and he was back months before, or was it even was it even a pack injury then as well? Whatever it was, he made a return so far in advance of whenever anybody thought he was going to be back. Um, so it's up to nine months. Could we see Cody maybe stick it out and come back at the Rumble? Because that's the end of January. That would be pretty cool. Um, I don't think we will see him before the Rumble, though. Yeah, uh, you made an excellent point about, uh, I think the positioning was up to nine months. Uh, be that as it may, uh, it's a serious injury. Obviously, when, when you tear a muscle off the bone, wherever it is on your body... Um, it's pretty serious. Obviously, we saw it physically when uh, the black and blue, as well as uh, the bruising that happened on Cody's uh, Cody's body, for sure. The last thing that I want from him is to feel like he has to be rushed back, whether that's of his own accord or whether that's of the company's choosing, obviously, to uh, to maybe target a pay-per-view or sort of a big pop or return. Like, uh, whenever whenever he's good, let let him just be like, all right, cool. He's he's good to go. He feels good. Maybe he doesn't feel like he's rushed type of thing. Boom, now we can put the pa the plans in place. So rather him take an extra month now than maybe to rush back, try to go for like, for example, like be a surprise debut in the, oh, surprise debut, surprise return in the Royal Rumble. Maybe it's a little too soon, potentially gets re-injured again or has complications and then has to be out again. So, you know, we just... I get, I get it'd be a good sort of uh, pop, but, you know, again, just be kind of do the right thing for himself. The good thing is that if we do have him return, there's, there's, there's ways to do this where you have uh, the Seth Rollins in at, at number one in the Rumble. And he lasts it out, at, you know, like so many big names before him have done. He's on the way to doing this, but who comes in at number 30? The man who he put on the shelf. You know, it was by his hands that he destroyed Cody Rhodes. You know, adrenaline pops at number 30. He walks down that ramp. He comes in. He does a couple of minor things because, let's face it, he doesn't have to get into a major, uh, a major fist fight or anything. He doesn't have to do anything. And, you know, Cody just takes this worn down Seth Rollins, flips him over the top rope and is, is, is the winner. And because he is the winner of the Royal Rumble, you do not have to have him compete for, you know, 
four to eight weeks. There's another two months of him being on the shelf anyway in the lead up to then um, you got Elimination Chamber. I'm not sure if it's still Elimination Chamber, but whatever it is before uh, WrestleMania. And then you have these things sort of culminate where he is back to fighting fitness in before WrestleMania. And he uh, he takes his rightful place as the the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. I'm not mad at that booking. Yeah, I mean, him to potentially again show up, do a little something, potentially uh, win the Rumble, and then lose to Roman Reigns uh, at Mania, so uh, Roman can continue his uh, Bruno slash Bob Backlund seven-year run. Got to hit that target, brother. So, yeah. I'm telling you, like my booking for WrestleMania is, has also been Roman will main event both days. He will lose a title on the first day, and then he will fight his cousin on the second day. And we're supposed to believe he he loses the Universal title, and then boom, because he only has to lose the or only has to hold on to the Universal title. It's the one that he has held the longest, so he loses the the black strap, holds on to the blue strap. Cody only wants the black strap. Mm, that's that's a tough call. I mean, then people would call into, uh, you know, his ability to hold on to a championship. We can go on varying degrees of. Uh, but that's what you want. That's what you want when whenever you have someone who's got both of the belts and hasn't defended them in three premium live events. By the way, and won't hold, you know won't hold it over the next premium live event either. Thanks very much, WWE. But whenever you have somebody holding your big straps and he doesn't defend them, you kind of call into question, well, why do we even have them? Do you, do you know what the most prolific title is on WWE right now? I know. That would be the Tag Team Championships. Exactly. And for a company that hates tag team wrestling, it's a little bit ironic. The irony in that 100%. So. It's a little bit ironic that WWE's main title right now that has been defended the most in the weeks comparatively to the other main headline championships has been the tag team titles for the men's division. Yeah, super weird in that aspect. So remains to be seen about what Cody's uh, recovery and rehab schedule kind of look like and see how they kind of bring him back into the fold. Uh, but speaking of Cody being injured, um, he's not the only sort of bigger name or kind of uh, individual who's been either injured or you know, ended up having to have surgery. Uh, a number of individuals, again, in the wrestling world uh, have been, you know, sort of put on a shelf or going to be missing some time. Uh, for example, uh, CM Punk just uh, this past Thursday or so having successful surgery and will be out for an indeterminate amount of time. We have Brian Danielson out with an unknown injury, potentially suffered a double or nothing. Uh, we have Adam Cole, who's injured, for sure. What's Adam Cole got an injury for? Well, he's reported to be suffering from a torn labrum, uh, possibly dating back to the AEW World Title match with Hangman Page, uh, potentially as far back as March 6th at Revolution. Dang, okay, so. okay. Uh, also, the TNT champion Scorpio Sky, his knee had been bothering him prior to the match with Dante Martin on Rampage, but he ended up straining a leg muscle, uh, and that goes from his knee to his groin. 
And then ultimately of note, Matt Cardona, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, suffering from a torn bicep. So a lot of sort of bigger names or kind of prominent figures across the board in uh, the wrestling world across numerous companies ended up being injured. So, I mean, it's sort of shut uh, put up or shut up time for potentially the company to see how, uh, the companies themselves rather, see how they sort of parlay that, how they can uh, have other talents potentially step up and, and fill those gaps and plug those gaps, and we'll see how things play out. Yeah, the injury bug is definitely going round, unfortunately, for, for some people. Some of those injuries you can call into question as much as you want. I know I am a little bit cynical, uh, and I will call into question the uh, the injuries of CM Punk. I will call into question the injury for uh, Scorpio Sky, because Scorpio Sky injury. Uh, and I also would like to call into question, you know, maybe a little bit less so, uh, Adam Cole and, and Brian Danielson. Um, unknown slash indeterminate uh, injuries to me, unless they're complete, they are repeatedly reported on, uh, are grabs at uh, ratings. Uh, and that is me being cynical uh, because, oh, well, we're taking this big name out for a while. Um, if they need rest, if they need time away, just say so. We don't care. We know they're human. We know they need it. They shouldn't be on the road as much as they are. They shouldn't be doing, you know, these work schedules that they have are are absolutely insane. I couldn't keep up with it. There's no way in hell I could. So if you had a said to me, it's like, Brian Danielson needs a mental health break, needs to go and recharge his batteries, you know, take a couple weeks off, but like, sweet, my guy, just you go and do whatever you need to with the family come back, you know, slap some heads, kick some heads, you know, whatever you need to do. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Matt Cardona sort of um, uh, torn bicep, saw that there, saw him. Uh, still not loved by his fans, his young Matt Cardona, but uh, all the best to him as well after undergoing successful surgery. Yeah, there's been some... Potential, it's been in terms of Di- uh, Brian Danielson, rather, there's been some unconfirmed reports that he uh, may have suffered uh, concussion again. And with his history of uh, neck and uh, concussion injuries, I could potentially understand why they may not, if that is indeed the case, may not want to mention it as well. So, but regardless, I, I'm in agreement again that you'd want to have. At least I get it from a storyline perspective, having a notion of them being out or why they're maybe not on TV. Totally understand. Again, it's a television show, um, you know, to, to sort of have the fans uh, understand why. But yeah, again, I'm totally okay with, you know what, uh, having a roster on either company just to say, hey, you know what, you, you had a super rough match at a pay-per-view. You know, maybe uh, take, a, take a week or two and... Obviously, we have we have enough big enough roster we can cycle folks in and out. So, I'm okay with that. Yeah, definitely, definitely something I would have uh, I would have preferred they do um, as opposed to uh, injury and, and and also it it like we, we we've talked about uh, we've talked about concussions before um, you and I about uh, how important it is to uh, look after these individuals um, longevity of their careers. Uh, pales in comparison to the longevity of their lives. So um, if it is concussion, 
that is 100% fair enough. Uh, I, I would never put down the fact that anybody suffering from a concussion needs to get back in the ring because it's nothing. Um, it is, if not sometimes, more serious than a broken bone. So please. But uh, at the same time, uh, a lot of these other injuries to be lumped in with the lack of information, uh, as it were, uh, are definitely, to me, just sparking my radar a little bit for give me some concrete evidence uh, as to why I need to believe this. And it's not just, well, we can't, we can't have, we don't have very much story presence for him right now, or we don't have very much for this right now. We want to go in a different direction. And this was just a kind of thing to do. So. Yeah, it's a weird thing in sports. Um, obviously, we're covering uh, pro professional wrestling, but as sort of happens in, uh, you know, American football, happens in baseball, that obviously, like, if somebody has a medical condition or if they have an injury, like, that's their own thing. Like, that's private medical information, of course, obviously. But when it sort of comes to sports, it's like, I guess, if they're, if they have a condition or they have an injury, it's like there's this weird sort of gray middle ground where it's like, I'm a fan. I want or slash deserve to know why, you know, John Q performer sports athlete is not here. Like why? So mm. I don't know. It's a weird thing. So. It's, it's one of those things that the WWE do to the nth degree by making stuff up. Um, recently, I can't remember what Kayla Braxton, uh, mentioned, but it was, uh, it was something stupid and made up, uh, about somebody at a premium live event. And then last night on SmackDown, uh, cause it literally just came into my head. Um, I can't remember what it was, uh, but she was saying that she was injured and you could see Ronda Rousey in the background, just refusing to have an ice pack put on. I'm like, just tell us anything. Like. I'm sure these medical professionals know the names of muscles and bones and things like that there. You could say they can tell you that she has a bruised femur. I don't know. I don't care. Just just make something up that sounds good, not imaginary. You know what I mean? If you're going to do it the WWE way, at least uh, come up with something that sounds believable, not just he's hurt his toe or sorry. He's hurt his lower leg. And that's all we've got for you right now for the last three weeks. Yeah, it's one of those weird things, but uh, we hope uh, all the folks that are injured, obviously Cody, uh, Punk, Danielson, Cole, Sky, Cardona, and uh, the other guys and gals that are uh, banged up, we hope them a speedy recovery. Definitely. Moving on to the next topic here. The state of the AEW women's division. Now, I know this is something that we've touched a little bit upon in previous episodes, but we had some kind of concerns or we've had some reservations, shall we say, that were sort of sparked now with the setup and then subsequent match for the AEW World Women's Champion of Thunder Rosa facing off against Marina Shafir on this past week's episode of Dynamite. So I think it's something we were a little confused or just kind of, um, you know, just not sort of felt like informed or we're a little confused about 
where the direction of the women's division is going. Yeah, that that's that's really an understatement. Um I have had an issue with um the state of the division for a long time. Uh that is to say that, you know, oh uh, do you not have enough uh people in the division? Do you not have enough good talent? You only have the title on one person. I mean, you now have two prominent women's titles. You have the AEW Women's World title and you have the uh, TBS uh, Women's Championship. Um, one is markedly meant to be the top prize in AEW Women's Division and one is the, the, the mid-card. Uh, you know, there's no polite way to say it. It is not the top prize. Until you look at how it's booked and you go, well, clearly the TBS title right now is the top prize in AEW Women's Championship Wrestling. Um, I have had a problem with this running back for a while now where, and I, and I believe the reporting has shown that even Thunder Rosa has had a little bit of a problem with how she has been booked and the stories that she is having to do. Um, she is being put into title runs that have no build they are shoddily put together they are with um whoever is available it seems to me that's my opinion um and they just make absolutely no sense uh this most recent uh example is on an interview before um before dynamite went live uh the women's world champion, the top prize holder, was putting out an open challenge. Now, I'm sorry, but for me, if, if my top champion is putting out an open challenge, and yes, I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at uh, Rowdy Ronda Rousey as well. She did exactly the same thing. So it's Thank not you. just a, an AW thing. This is... This is for both of them. Okay? Thank you for remembering, by the way. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, no problem. If you're putting out a uh, an open challenge to anyone in the division, then and it gets immediately answered, you have not done enough to make the person who is answering the call a big enough deal to be warranting this title on their own dime. Raquel Rodriguez put on a really good show. She was an absolutely amazing talent. Have her run through the division and make her claim on that alone. Have her win and then go against the champ and see what happens. Because you do not have them go out there, put on a really good show and then lose. And then what? Cool, now I've got to go through the exact same process again next week, apparently, because that's what Raquel Rodriguez did. But Marina Shafir, the problem, um, she came out, you know, obviously did whatever, you know, whatever she normally does and, and lost. It wasn't a particularly memorable match, in my opinion. And then all of a sudden you have Marina Shafir taking the L and, um, Losing, losing her head and beating up uh, Thunder Rosa, obviously, because you know, come on. 
uh, only for Tony Storm to run in and make this save. Now, I have I have more issue with that as well. But like, you know, how do you how do you warrant this initial match made off screen? Because at least Ronda's was on TV time, was Fair. live and was on TV time. Thunder Rosa's was made before the show went live in a backstage segment during an interview. Like, she didn't get time to go out to the ring. She didn't get to go out to proclaim, I am the top of this division. I have beaten this, 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 and this. I am La Mera Mera, and I am absolute boss. No, 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 you get a backstage segment. Stop treating these individuals like absolute trash. She is your champion, and she should be treated as such. I'm definitely in agreement. Um, we've seen again. You you hit the nail on the head with Ronda coming out and saying an open challenge, and then which was featured on the show, and then you ended up having again. It was a uh, pre-tape backstage segment. Uh, say hey, I I'm opening it up, um, and you had varying degrees of folks answering it. And again, what sparked the the initial qualms of the conversation was. Uh, Marina, who I, if I'm not mistaken, was, uh, was ranked in the top five, um, you know, and just, and, you know, they, they had a match. It was, it was a little rough contrast of styles, but, uh, both women's strength, uh, compared to, again, taking absolutely nothing away from them, uh, would be their wrestling as opposed to their promo skills that notwithstanding, again, I think we've been for the past 20, 30 or so years, Condition to say when you're going to have a shot at the world championship, men's or women's, shouldn't matter. You have a program, you have a lead up, you have a build up, you have a you know a challenger uh, through maybe it's if it's a heel, it's you know sort of cheating kind of ways or type of thing, or you have a baby face that's you know fight from underneath and tr- scrapping to get that title shot. Regardless, you have a story. You have a buildup. You have something to kind of sink your teeth into and get invested in story. And in these both particular cases, again, nothing against the women themselves. Um, we both mentioned, and me specifically, saying I'm always for the workers. I want the the guys and the gals to be successful. Um, but when they're not given sort of those right storylines to be put into, um, I just kind of get like, what, where, where do you want me to be invested in? when there isn't a story to be invested in. Exactly. And that is the problem. How am I meant to believe that this title uh, that Thunder Rosa holds is meant to be worth something when, you know, you, you controvert, it's a, it's a hot take, controversial take, whatever you want to call it. You know, I, I enjoyed Britt Baker's run because she was a heel and she was, uh, she was just really, really good at um, making us want to hit her. You know, the underhanded tactics, the uh, you know, the DMD squad just kind of rolling in, doing things that they do. Um, and you just have this champion who was doing anything to win, um, and still showing that she had the skill to back that up. Whereas you have a champion. And maybe again, it's it is the cynical part of me. I just I want to see 
these women in uh, opportunities uh, to present their amazing wrestling. And I'm not saying that we need to see powerhouse styles out of Thunder Rosa. She is a very high-paced individual. There's a lot of lucha stuff in her in her arsenal, as is warranted by her background and training. And you know, but she's really good. She's really technical. She's really strong. Like you said earlier, she has not really maybe got the best promo. Um, and I would 100% agree with that. That is very hard to kind of teach. Uh, individuals kind of have to have that charisma. Um, and I feel like maybe she deserves a mouthpiece. You don't really see too many baby faces with a mouthpiece anymore. Uh, so I feel like she would be the one, one of these people that would benefit from that. But taking that aside, we don't need that to do the talking for her because her skill should do that. So put her in these contests uh, and build them up and, and you know have them progress and have them longer than, than seven, eight minutes. Um, you know, the build to the Thunder Rosa uh, Serena Deeb match was super short. And it was like, okay, well, I'm challenging for that title. We saw nothing between them beforehand. Like, there was nothing really between them to warrant Serena Deeb going, other than the fact Serena had, you know, built up a re resume of, of wins. Um, there was nothing be between them that had said, okay, cool. Uh, well, this should happen. Serena lost at the pay per view, and now we haven't seen anything of her. We we should really be seeing her do the Adam Cole thing, where she comes back again, and she comes back again, and she should be the one challenging Thunder Rosa, putting Thunder Rosa to the test, and just proving that you know that she should be champion. And then when the next contender comes in maybe lose the title then. I feel like Thunder Rosa is is going to have the same uh, difficulties as um, as uh, Adam Page. She is following a really good run, whether or not you agree or disagree. It's, it was still a very good run by uh, Britt Baker. Uh, you're following a really, really good run by a talented individual. Your career is not going to be marred by a, an unsuccessful first run with this belt. She is going to have another run with this belt. Take it off her, give it to someone else, restart, bring her back, give her the title, get better at this, stop treating them like second-class citizens in this, in this division because it is proven with the, uh, with the way that you're building up Jid in the, uh, the other side of this division, this, uh, this other side of this women's division, that you know how to build up chaps. You know how to build up really good uh, female competitors, because come on. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that. It's not a, a lack of trying, per se, because we've seen sort of the tale of two cities, if you will. We've seen the nature of how the TBS championship and Jade Cargill, obviously, under the right circumstances, under the right booking, under the right storytelling, um, has been on TV significantly more than Thunder Rosa, um, has had more prominent uh, television time and segments, again, than the world champion Thunder Rosa. So you can see, again, all things considered, how they can have strong uh, programs and, and strong storytelling for their women's division. So it's not like it's 
uh, a completely foreign topic or, or subject to to that. Um, I would agree that again, if you're looking at the casual thing, again, uh, Jade feels more important. Uh, and the perception is that, you know what, again, if you base it on TV time and things of that nature, seems like kind of the bigger deal than, uh, than Thunder Rosa. Again, no, notwithstanding. Mm. I'll agree with you in the aspect of having be a tough act to follow. Again, Paige, uh, Adam Hangman, Adam Page taking the title off Kenny Omega. It's, again, tough act to follow. And Rosa, again, had a uh, tough act to follow in... Uh, I mentioned it before. Tony Khan's uh, Charlotte in Britt Baker, and that's and that's not a knock on Britt. Um, both uh, obviously Charlotte is a phenomenal athlete, and uh, you know ha- has been very prominent in WWE. And Britt Baker, you know, uh, she can she can work. She can she now of course since she's turned heel, shown she can definitely carry a promo and and have some charisma and kind of be the one. And she's unofficially sort of, again, perception is reality, been sort of the Tony Khan's chosen one in terms of the women's division. It's also looking like Jade's, you know, also a, a, a sort of chosen one, if you will. But again, uh, we want, is it too much to ask to have good storytelling? We've seen, again, I'm getting a little long in the tooth, Jade can have good storytelling and the folks surrounding her. We see, you know, we see it with a little bit of Chris Statlander, Athena now coming in. We're we're sprinkling in some stories. Um, we necessarily didn't get that full stop with maybe Serena match with Rosa at the pay per view. Um, we, I want I don't want like start stop, uh, kind of the booking a little bit with Anna J. You know, uh, she had the the shot, uh, finished the match at the pay per view. No sold. Got up. Uh, no soul Jade's uh, finisher off the uh, Brett's rope, and then uh, you know have Athena's debut, type of thing. So again, um, I want her to be pushed strong. You know, I want her to have good storyline. I want all the ladies and all the all the workers, male or female, to have strong storylines going in. We, we just I think we want better, and we have yet to have it figured out. What the direction at least of the world championship on the women's side is looking like. Well, here's another comparison as well because of Rampage last night, and it compares to the uh, Serena D point I made earlier on. Uh, Obviously, we know Anna Jay has lost to uh, uh, Jade Cargill twice now, uh, most recently at the most recent pay-per-view. Um, so people were wondering, well, why is she coming out to, you know, to the challenge against, uh, the Jade Cargill, she's just going to lose again, blah, 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 blah. And last night on Rampage, she ran down to the ring to assist Chris Statlander. Right. She is still in the TBS title picture. She is still in that realm. Now, yes, I do believe it is going to be either... Statlander or Athena that is taking on uh, Jade next and by the way both of them are amazing athletes and I cannot wait to see uh, that that match with Jade I, I really I just cannot wait for Athena to, uh, to, to get in there with Jade and have an amazing match I think it's going to be bloody glorious I've been a big fan of Ember Moon big fan of Athena going forward 
she is a D&D nerd as well. She is just an absolutely fantastic all-round human being, and I want nothing but the best for her. And to see her then caught by the officials last night and held aloft as if she was a screaming child made me very angry. Yeah, super weird booking to have the baby face. Very yeah. angry. So that was so silly to have her treated that way. Um, like I get it, she comes down, she's angry, but you know, why was she caught in the air? Why was she, you know, why was she being held like that? It, it made no sense to me, especially whenever Chris Statlander and Anna Jay were like no longer seen, but you saw the bodies up in the ring uh, with uh, Stokely there as well. It was just, there's two different sides to this this women's division. Um, I'm preferring the TBS side and I really want them to pick a mainline championship and tell me that this is the one you should care about. Because at the minute my brain is thinking the world championship is supposed to be the big one and this is the mid-card one, but the mid-card one's being pushed more. My brain doesn't know what way to think here, you know? And again, you're you're treating your your female competitors vastly different to your male competitors. And it um it annoys me. Uh, agreed. I, again, uh, the perception is the TBS championship is is at least more prominent and has a, a slightly more clear direction um, with potentially uh, Athena, a little bit of Statlander in there, Anna Jay, obviously, most recently. What's, the, what's going on with the World Women's Championship before the champion Thunder Rosa? Is it, you know, we had Britt Baker cut a promo on this week's episode of Rampage, you know. Uh, we saw Tony Storm. Uh, come in to make the save when Marina Shafir was doing a post-match beatdown on Rosa. Uh, she picked up the title, had a little, you know, glare at each other. So is, you know, is potentially Tony Storm gearing up to have a shot at it? Uh, Britt Baker mentioned, no, I should, you know, I should be in there. So, you know, again, what does that sort of look like again? Uh, the World Women's Championship title picture, a little bit unclear. TBS Championship uh, seems to be a little bit more flushed down and clear for that. Yeah, definitely. And and, and uh, I know I mentioned earlier, you just uh, brought it up there, Tony Storm coming in for the sieve uh, and did that old cliche of looking at the title as, as she was handing it back to Rosa. Uh, and we all know what that means. It means, here you go, there's your title back. Uh, I have nothing to do with you, and I will kindly take my place in line. Um, but uh, we all know it actually means that I would like a you know chance to take on uh, you for this this title. I'm not saying that Tony Storm does not deserve a title shot. Does she deserve it right now? No. Reason for that? Well, she lost to Britt Baker in the Owen. Well, you know why? Why does? It's the same reason Chris Statlander, does she deserve a chance at the TBS title? Maybe not, because she's kind of embroiled herself. She's intertwined with the the baddies right now. So she's in that circle. And I feel like there is going to be a trios match coming soon uh, before there is a uh, anything to resolve that. But before I get confused with that, the, the whole thing with uh, Britt Baker then pointing 
out that Tony Storm is kind of looking at this title. It's like, well, I beat you. I'm holding the belt, the trophy belt. You know, don't you look at that title. That's not your title. You know, I deserve that way more than you. And she does. By by all realms of logic, the last person to beat Tony Storm was Britt Baker. So why not? Uh, I feel like they've done a really, really good job of keeping Britt Baker away from this scene. They've given her things to do. They've given her people to feud with. And now, unfortunately, they need to bring her back in. If I may make a slight counterpoint or, or bring up a notion, yes, uh, Britt did win the Owen on the women's side, of course. Uh, but you look at the next match she had, tag team match with uh, she and uh, the uh, young young lady who's literally who names escape me, her partner. Jimmy Hader. Thank you. Thank you for, I had it and I lost it. She teamed up with Jamie Hayter, and Britt ended up getting pinned by Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. So even though Tony Storm was on the winning side, it was this weird uh, kind of piece where, although Ruby lost to Britt at the pay-per-view in the Owen, she got the pin, got her win back in a tag team match. So like, is Ruby Soho part of that picture? Is she? Even though she was on the winning side with Tony, is it like now is Ruby and Tony sort of a type of thing? Are they both considered? Does Britt get it beforehand, even though she lost the tag team match? You know, so it's, it's again, the notion of it being unclear. Ruby suffers from the fact that she is a very good hand. Now, we've all heard that term uh, thrown about for uh, individuals that they're really, really good at what they do, but they're probably not meant to be in the title picture. I like Ruby Soho. I think she is a fantastic person. I also think that she's... There's just other people that I personally maybe rank higher than her in my own personal rankings. Like, do I want to see Chris Statlander hold the title? Hell yeah, I do. Do I want to see Athena hold the title? Hell yeah, I do. Do I want to see Ruby Soho uh, hold the title? Hell yeah, I do. Just maybe I would like to see Athena hold that title first. Or I would like to see Tony Storm. Uh, I, 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 personally, I'd maybe put Tony Storm as well there. I'm not as big a fan as, as of Tony Storm either, but it's just personal. I've not really seen too much of her uh, comparatively to these other individuals that has been like, oh yeah, no, super good. Um, and made me instantly fall in love with the fact that she's there. Uh, but it's just one of those things that um, I do agree with the fact that uh, there is that sort of murky surrounding the AW Women's title picture with that tag team pin. But it was a tag team match. I don't care about that. That's not a singles. That's not a singles AW Women's title contenders match. It's got nothing to do with it. It's also before whenever she t- whenever she took that pin, they weren't in the title picture. They weren't talking about it. You know, Tony hadn't looked at the title. They were talking about the Owen. Uh, you know, this is so to me that that instance uh, doesn't exist in the singles realm for these individuals. Uh, and I feel like um, they're kind of. 
they're going to have to throw enough at this women's title uh, picture and, and take the title off Thunder and then have a short reign on Brit for it to be taken by a baby face. I feel like that's a like it feels like hot potato, but it's a reset to me in my head. The way it works is it, you know, you're taking it off Thunder, you remove her from the situation, uh, and then you know, whatever it is, you you, you put it back onto Brit for all I care. Um, and then you have some sort of blow up where Hater or Rebel cost her the top the title in a fight against Ruby or Tony. Um, you know, whatever it may be. And then at the same time you have Jade lose her title to Athena, Chris Statland, or whoever it is, uh, Anna J. You know, doesn't really make make a difference. Um, and then Tony Storm kind of holds the belt up in front of in front of Jade and is like, come get me. You know, I'm not mad at those ideas, and uh, yeah, I think that notwithstanding, we are a little bit uncertain or unclear, at least on the fan side, about what the AEW women's division is looking like. So, if you agree or disagree with us, let us know down in the comments below, or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram to let us know your thoughts on the AEW women's division. Yeah, I do apologize for my all over the show kind of mentality when it comes to this division but i still feel like my thoughts are a little bit more streamlined than maybe tony khan's booking uh is for that division so uh I'm a wee bit heated and i hope that uh, i hope that people do have comments about uh this this division and want to see it flourish because it can only be good for uh the state of everybody's uh well-being in, in wrestling today yeah we definitely want the again the workers to be successful both the guys and the gals so uh if we hope it's not too much to ask, but it remains to be seen. So definitely let us know your thoughts on the matter. All right, time for uh, some quick hits. Uh, quick hits are little segments that happen throughout the week that we really enjoyed or sort of popped the boys um, that we just wanted to, to kind of mention here. Um, I happen to have a quick hit from this week. Um, it comes from this past week on Monday Night Raw. We had uh, Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan sort of do this inside cradle rolling tumbleweed spot um, series of counter pins that happened in the number one contenders match for the Raw Women's Championship, which also featured Dewdrop and Rhea Ripley. Um, they just went around in a circle and uh, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. It kind of popped me. I was like, oh, you know, from a physical standpoint, obviously, you know, from a little bit of a cardio and type of thing, like it's not the easiest thing to kind of do and to not fall out of the ring and kind of do it subsequently. And the ref's like, what am I supposed to do here? So I, uh, I really like that. I thought it was interesting for the first couple. I was like, oh, 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 uh, oh, 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 no, stop, please. Come on. Why are you still that? That was me. So it popped me at the start. And then it kind of made me cringe, and I was like, "Okay, come on, can we just get out of here?" Uh, this is, it's, it's on par with Cesaro's swing. Like, eventually, it becomes less awesome. Like he's doing this, he's doing this swing for you know for a couple of seconds or something, and it's more about, 
Okay, um, so he was asked to do that for 30 seconds. He's up to about a minute now. Uh, going to stop anytime soon. Yeah, you don't want to have a, sort of a diminishing returns piece, and uh, it's better to leave him wanting more than to overdo it and kind of get uh, sort of oversaturated or a little bit weirded out by it. Um, but that was sort of, that was kind of my quick hits. Uh, Joker, did you have any from this particular week? I did not. This uh, this week failed to pop me. Um, there, 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 there will be weeks where I am overloaded on pops, where you know individuals will make me laugh. But this week was definitely uh, not one of them. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that made me just angry about wrestling. And uh, for example, the state of the AW Women's Division was really, really at the forefront of my mind. Um, so unfortunately, no, I, I don't have anything this week. Not a problem. Like I said, we'll uh, we'll have some some weeks. We'll maybe have a, a bunch of things. Or other weeks, it's uh, maybe just just one thing that sort of uh, stuck in our minds or popped us. But if you also have some quick hits or uh, pop the boys segments, uh, let us know down in the comments. Also on uh, Twitter, Instagram. All right, and that about wraps it up for us, uh, Joker. How was uh, how was that for you, brother? As every week, it has been absolutely amazing for me, but it always is. And I and I got to vent, and I got to free myself of this burden. That was uh, that was really really good. I'm we're uh, we're still rocking up at episode four, so I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm good. Yeah, we appreciate everybody checking us out again. We're on episode four. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a fun, awesome kind of ride so far to get at least to uh, to episode four, and we're hoping uh, you join us uh, along. Uh, the ride here as we uh, as we mow forward with uh, with more wrestling talk. All right, with that, so for TF Joker, thanks very much for sticking with us. And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time and letting us be a part of your day. And remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Bye.